Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. People buy from people, period. And so when you don't have a reputation that you have built for yourself and that people know who they're buying from, why they're buying from you, everything that you do has a much larger impact, whether you realize it or not. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth, because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I'm super happy that you're here with me today for this important conversation. You know, recently with the death of George Floyd, the volume of conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion has turned up significantly. And sometimes as business owners, it can be confusing to try to figure out what's our part in the midst of all of this conversation. Should I talk about my personal beliefs and interweave that with my brand? Should I actually post something on social media? Should I intentionally communicate my values around diversity, equity, and inclusion as a business owner? Some of you are just saying, what do you mean by diversity, equity, inclusion? I'm glad you asked. Today, I want to introduce you to Erica Corday, a diversity, equity, and inclusion coach and consultant who's dedicated her life to expanding how others interact with the world through powerful conversations. She's also the owner of an inclusive beauty salon called Silver Immersion and the host of the Pause on the Play podcast that features open dialogue about topics like company culture, visibility, mindset, and more. Well, I love how straightforward and yet sensitive Erica is as she kind of educates me on these areas in our conversation that I obviously want to continue to grow in. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Erica Corday. Well, Erica, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, David. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about um, DEI. I get this mixed up sometimes when I read it on people's website. I'm like, are we talking about death here? D-I-E? What's going on? No, no. Okay. (laughs) It's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Why should this be at the forefront of a business owner's mind these days? I think part of what comes to mind is the fact that considering this is a part of considering the legacy that you are creating 
with the business that you're building. Um, And let's be honest, having a business is a privilege, let alone having a thriving business. Uh, Many have tried, not all have succeeded, sadly. And so it's very important to say, you know, this thing that I'm creating that does come from a place of me being able to build and maintain and even create a thriving environment for me and those that I serve, what are you doing with this privilege? And so the concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion combined and as individual concepts really is this thing of, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How are you doing it? And who are you doing it for? Okay. So you started out by saying that business is a privilege. Um, Help me understand that first before we keep going on this topic. Not everyone has access to the things that they need in order to be able to create this. And so there's a lot of people that have the capacity to be able to start a business, but there are things that people don't always think about that they have free and easy access to that some don't, that definitely make a difference. Time, money, um, again, accessibility, whether from a physical standpoint or literally the people, the processes, the platforms, um, networking, the visibility that you need and being able to have those things all kind of filter in to be able to create this. So this isn't something that is just like, oh, I'm just going to do this because that Mm -hmm. word just almost undermines how large of an undertaking it can be, again, to not only create it, but to maintain it. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's one thing to create something. It's a completely different thing to maintain it and to grow and scale. Mm -hmm. Even uh, one of the things that you didn't bring up in that is the internet. I mean, like, I I mean, I just assume the internet. I think, my gosh, if I didn't have the internet, I would die, right? It's like shelter, food, water, internet. (laughs) But a lot of people don't have access to it. Or if they do, they've got to go somewhere in order to get it. And it's not even that fast. Correct. And so for me, I look at that under access because I agree 100% that does change things. And so when I first started my initial business, which I still have, um, Silver Immersion, a beauty business, um, what felt like the dark ages compared to now, um, you didn't have all of these different um, networking and marketing things online. Like we literally had to get business by referrals and making relationships with vendors. And it came from person-to-person interaction. And so did we need internet with it? We absolutely did. But it's very different than if you think about the literal today of like, you can't have that same level of person-to-person interaction. And so being able to have this additional thing that supports what you're building is, is a part of privilege. Because again, Uh, When I bring up privilege, very often people immediately go to white privilege, and that's not what it means at all. Privilege is just simply something that you take as a given that someone else doesn't have that same level of simple, free and clear access to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you indicated that the reason why, and I'll just personalize it, the reason why I should be um, concerned about diversity Um, equity and inclusion is because of the legacy that I'm leaving in my business. Now, what if I don't even care about my legacy? Like I'm just trying to make money. Like I'm just trying to make as much money as possible, Erica. Legacy schmegacy. Like my kids can fend for themselves. You know what I mean? Why should I be concerned about that? Well, the other thing is also to think about the fact that legacy isn't always about what happens after you leave or you're gone. Legacy is also something that you are actively creating now that is the 
yet to be finally built piece of your reputation. And so even if you feel like money is the motivator to not consciously build a reputation that is going to assist you in reaching those goals, it's not going to happen. Because again, relationships are a huge part of it. And so whether or not they are internet-based, face-to-face, you're actually pounding the pavement and you're creating these relationships, people buy from people, period. And so when you don't have a reputation that you have built for yourself and that people know who they're buying from, why they're buying from you, because even if money is the motivator, that money goes to things. And so whether you think about it or not, oh, I I just really like clothes. Well, where you buy those clothes from definitely makes a difference. I I, want to, you know, I I want a huge house or I want cars where, you know, do you want an electric car? Do you want a gas car? Again, these things are a part of creating impact. And so everything that you do has a much larger impact, whether you realize it or not, it's whether or not you're going to be purposeful and intentional around that. Mm -hmm. So you also mentioned early on that diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of are combined because that's a, and I will tell you, I'm not sure I had heard those three words used like the DIE until I started researching you. Um, And so I'm hearing that those three are combined in some way to mean something, but they also have, so if they're teased out, mean something separate. Can you, can you tease that out for us and help us understand what it means together and then also separate? Absolutely. So separately, so diversity is basically creating an environment that isn't everybody that looks, lives, loves, thinks, acts, and simply, you know, how you are in the Mm -hmm. world, how you choose to be. It not being all a carbon copy of the same thing. Um, I think specifically in the online world, especially if you're in a coaching type of spaces, you've heard um, echo chambers or kind of being in a silo. And it's just Mm -hmm. having all of these people that are all shaking their heads over the same things. And there's never any divergence of thought in the sense of, well, did you think about it this way? Did you consider this? That's not my normal. And so a big thing also is that reconsider your normal. And so your normal is not everyone's normal. So that Mm -hmm. diversity is creating a space that is a little bit more open. Mm -hmm. Equity is about creating, getting people to have the things that they need that they don't have when someone else has them freely. So using the internet, for example, this one person is like, I have all the internet I need. I can move anywhere in my house and I'm good to go. Someone else is like, I have to travel 15 minutes to the, you know, city hall in the town and I'm have to get to it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a space of equity in the sense of do you have the same thing that somebody else has? Because if someone comes in and says, I'm going to give you both great computers, that doesn't change the fact that they don't have equal access to that Internet. Mm-hmm. So equity is about creating what needs to happen so that everybody has what they need, which gets you to equality. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going to give you both two things. If one started off with two and one started off with five. That's not equitable. Mm. Inclusion. Um, and this is the particular way that I tend to reference it is the fact that it is about allowing those that want to be included to be included. Everyone doesn't want to come in the party. But if you want to come in, you want to be a part of this. Can you come here? Do mm-hmm. you see yourself here? Is it safe? Are you, you know, being centered as like, oh, yes, yeah, someone that, again, looks, lives or loves or operates the way that you do. You can absolutely come here. This was created so that you can be here. 
Mm-hmm. And there's something different about, yes, this is created to include you versus, yeah, I mean, it's fine. You can come in. Mm-hmm. That just kind of says, yes, you can, which feels like more of an afterthought versus this is for you. Mm-hmm. And so when you put them together, what has been a big part of kind of the social uprising and some of the clients that I've gotten over the past few months is this concept of I need a DEI statement. Mm. And DEI with these things being combined is not about let me create this one statement of how I operate. DEI is not something that is separate from what you do. DEI should fuse itself through everything that you do. You should see and feel the threads of it as a constant action. That means that you're paying attention so that people are able to see themselves there. They're reflected there. Decisions are made to be able to make it so that they can come in and be able to operate just like everyone else does versus here's this other thing that we can just get rid of when it doesn't work. Exactly. It's not supposed to be a separate thing. It is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So with each one of those words, things were popping up in my mind of like, Oh, interesting boy. I don't like, I have different experiences or, you know, I'm like, I guess all three of those super helpful to hear. I really appreciate that. And I, I kind of had thoughts as I was going, as you were going through each one, one, the diversity. I just was talking to my wife last night about, I have a couple of new um, clients in the rise up business Academy who are um, Persian Jews. And um, I've actually been to their home here in Southern California for a number of different meetings and they are incredibly hospitable and serve the weirdest kind of food, Erica, what the heck? I mean, just these different things, you know, and um, I'm laughing and it's just totally different than what I was brought up with. And it's amazing. It's tasty. It's healthy. It's amazing. And I'm laughing with my wife going, it is incredibly self-centered to have these like breakthrough thoughts at 47 years old going, oh my gosh, you grew up in the United States and you ate something totally different than me. Like I could, I could, I can see that in my mind if someone is Mexican, because I have, we have tons of Mexican food and a lot of Latinos that live in our areas. And that's just a part of our culture here in Southern California. Um, and I guess I could have the same experience even because I grew up in the South in Kentucky. And so I grew up with, you know, lots of Southern food. So, but then I'm looking at this and they're like, well, what did you grow up eating? They're asking me this. And I'm like, wow. Uh, normal food, you know, like that's what's mm-hmm. going through my head. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, that's such a small, uh, you know, example of, of that breakthrough and thinking to go, wow, I am so self-centered, even about just the foods that I would assume that others would eat. And if I'm self-centered and, um, you know, just thinking about that, how am I thinking about the ways that they were brought up in terms of their relationship with family or their child rearing or the way that they think about money or the, you know, all those different concepts. It's just so good to have those experiences where I have a mirror in front of me of how my experience is just limited to my experience. And I, and the more I interact with people that are different than me, the more I have that opened up and I'm able to see, oh, interesting. And I, I get to ask ignorant questions and they laugh at me, you know, like, what is this? And, you know, anyway. Um, what you said was huge, though. What you said is, <laughs> I mean, it is because it's, it is a part of, again, I mean, and this is kind of like 
my, my tagline, this whole reconsider your normal, because again, it's very easy to get in your bubble and you think that, oh, this is, this is normal. This is yeah. my normal. And this isn't what everyone has easy access to, or this isn't even what they want, or, you know, this just looks different. And so mm-hmm. this is where it is so important to remember that the smallest of nuances that you consider to be normal aren't normal to someone else. So for example, um, you know, I live in Maryland and we have basements. You go down south, they're like a basement. And I'm like, where's the rest of the house? And they're like, we don't have basements because of just the water line. And it's like, these that's normal to them to grow up in a house without a basement. For me, it is normal to grow up with houses that have basements. Sure. It is not normal to grow up for me in a place that has palm trees. It is not normal to grow up in a place to wear green as a color that you don't see because it just isn't sustainable with the climate. Our color and here so, is uh, concrete. That's our color. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's where these things that seem like these very small run of the mill things, you begin to crack open parts of yourself to Mm -hmm. consider like, how is this different? And it shows up in business because again, like you said, you know, how did you think about money? How were you conditioned to believe that it was safe or not to ask for things, to want things, to be able to say that I want to accumulate money. I want to buy things. I want to give things away. Scarcity mindset can come up. Poverty mindset can come up. There's so many things Mm -hmm. that if you don't allow there to be space for people to be forthcoming about their reality or for you to feel free of saying there is a reality that exists in context and at the same time as mine. Mm-hmm. But I just don't happen to live in that same way. That is so important, so mm-hmm. necessary. And it can be scary for some people because they're like, wait, that's a that's a thing. But it's it, we need it in order to be able to get to a different place. Mm-hmm. So um, the the one of the three that I have the hardest time understanding is equity. And mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that like if I give uh, two people computers to somehow help them, but if they don't have access to internet, like that computer is not necessarily that helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point, um, at what point, at, like where is the line in what everybody has to have in terms of like what the the baseline is, I guess I would say. You know what I mean? Like if if right. we're helping everyone get to a place of like what what needs to be equanimical, Hey, I just might have made that equitable, equitable, equitable. There we go. Like what are the things that everybody needs to have? Is it a certain size house? Is it a certain amount of money? Is it a certain type of computer? Is it a certain speed of internet? Is it a certain type of car? You know what I mean? Like what, what are the, what are the lines there of what needs to be equitable? I think that there are certain things that people need to be able to choose because for some people they're like, ah, I don't care about internet. I don't necessarily want or need that. So there are some things that for some people, they're going to say, this doesn't matter for me. Um, Or, you know, oh, I need to have access to 25 stores. Like for some people, they're like, no, I just need one place to get my essentials. And I need a plot of land to be able to plot, you know, to plant the things that I need. So Mm -hmm. everybody's going to have different takes on that. To me, it becomes number one choice. I think you don't have anything if you don't have that space to be able to say these are this is something that i want and it's safe for me to choose that choice to me is a big part of it um Mm -hmm. and as much as i think choice is primary 
safety and security are things that should not be a privilege, Mm -hmm. knowing that you can be healthy, knowing that you are safe. Um, And not only just like, you know, safe in the sense of if I leave my home, if I leave work, if I'm driving, things like that, but in the, in the body that you live in. So however it is that you live your life, however it is that you, uh, that, that you look, whatever it is that you choose to do to your body, being able Mm -hmm. to be safe to exist in that body. Okay. So Um, you're, you're talking in all these fancy words, safe, secure, you know, like, I, I feel like you're not like, you know, just cut to the chase. Like, what are you talking about here? Like everybody needs to be safe or everybody needs to be healthy or everybody needs to be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, cause sometimes those are like surface words. And I'm like, we're all safe, right? You're safe. I'm safe. We're safe. Right. We're good. I'm safe. Have- I'm safe in this moment, but I don't know how safe I would feel if I got pulled over by police right now. Okay. Okay. I don't know how safe I would feel to walk into certain neighborhoods um, that are, you know, flying Confederate flags as a black woman in America mm-hmm. and, and having biracial children. Mm-hmm. I don't know how safe I would feel to have them going to school with someone that had family members that felt that way, especially considering my son has actually had people this year come to him and say whites mm. are better than blacks. Oh my. Mm. So that is, that is a part that's of un- safety. That's obviously unsafe. Yeah. Correct. And that's are- unsafe from a physical and a mental standpoint, an emotional standpoint. Okay. Okay. That's very helpful. Very helpful. So, so we need choice. I'm hearing that everybody needs to have the same choices. And yet at some points, like in the whole concept of like a food desert, if there are, if my only choices are a convenience store that charges like triple the amount of whatever, and I don't have access to fresh produce, that's not really a choice, right? No, that's not a choice. And part of that comes from access which I think there should be free and clear access to healthy food. There should be uh, free and clear access to uh, education that is not tiered based on how much money you make or where you live, where you live. Your zip code should not decide how intelligent you are given access to be mm-hmm. on a literal. I'm going to give you access to books and teachers. Yeah. Now there are going to be people that are going to defy those odds because they are, are showing up with more just as the person that they are, mm-hmm. but nobody should have to worry. Like, so for example, with the pandemic, there are people that have had the access to create pods. We'll have a couple children that go here and we'll hire somebody to come in and teach them and they get to play and they have the social interaction and they're being supported. Um, but what if you don't have that access? What if you don't mm-hmm. know those kids that are local to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. What if you have someone in the house that has a job that that everyone else is like, well, you're a doctor. I don't know that I want my kids in the house with somebody that is frontline. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you. And it's probably and I mean, honestly, just probably isn't the best choice to bring a bunch of extra people in. Mm -hmm. But it's just to say that it's not equitable to know that someone having that access to pay someone to come in. Mm-hmm. to take care of and to monitor these children, they are now at a place to where the children that are in homes with parents that are working throughout the day. I, my kids are upstairs right now. Mm-hmm. I can't sit with them the entire day. And I have two to be able to laser focus on what you're doing. Now, I don't necessarily personally think that's the best thing for the children because I think there should be a certain amount of um, independence. However, I say that to say that I am not easily accessible at every single moment for them. Even as I'm recording this, 
Luckily, they're they're quiet and taken care of in this moment. <laughs> However, there are points where it's like the internet isn't cooperating. The platform isn't working. I can't get in. I don't understand. I don't know. Right. And so what happens when we then realize that all of these pods now has created a different type of child than the children that have had to figure it out differently. Mm-hmm. And they've been socialized differently. And then they mm-hmm. go out into the world and then they're like, wait, you didn't grow up with somebody teaching you at home or you weren't homeschooled by, you know, a, a, a parent that chose to devote a lot of time and energy and planning to do this because homeschooling is not what we thought it was before we sit in the corner all by ourselves. There's a lot of field trips and interactions and there's a lot there, mm-hmm. but that's a privilege. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have that. I grew up with a, a single mother that worked a lot. Mm. And so homeschooling was not an option. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that I feel like if you can't leave your house and know that you can make it back unharmed in any way, shape or form, safety is not okay and accessible for everyone. If you don't know that you get sick and that you can not only afford to get access to the medical support, and whatever medications or things that you might need, but also that you can actually say, okay, I'm going to stay home and be well and rest. Mm -hmm. Not, I can't afford to take off. Mm -hmm. Those are things that people shouldn't have to worry about because if you're making six bucks an hour and you get sick for a week with the flu, no, that week might completely derail you. Right. Right. And so that's that equal access that should be there before you can get to the other things. Sure. Sure. So if I'm not completely self-consumed um, with my desire to generate income as a business owner, and I actually mm-hmm. care about the human race, <laughs> I care about people around me, just right? Saying. Yeah. If I care about people around me, then, and I'm, and a lot of our listeners are just starting out in their business. They're solopreneurs. Maybe mm-hmm. they've got a couple of virtual assistants. Maybe they've got a few employees. Um, how, like, what is their first step to somehow be more, um, concerned about diversity, equity, and inclusion, not only for their employees, but also for their customers? I think starting off with who you want to work with and how you want to work with them and being able to, and, and I'm also considering, you know, who do you want on your team? Who are people that you partner with? Your supply chain, if you are doing any types of podcast like this, who are you partnering with? Mm -hmm. Um, But being able to dig more into psychographics versus demographics, because I came up very much getting the, who's your ideal client? Where do they shop? Where do they work? How old are they? And it never quite felt right to me. And it feels like this Frankensteining of this person that doesn't actually ever exist. And that demographic piece is important if you are running ads. But that doesn't help you to figure out what makes them tick, what makes them feel seen and heard and valued. Mm -hmm. And that's psychographics. You know, what do they support? What are they against? Where do they spend their money from an equitable standpoint? What are the what are the happenings um, on like a social level that are attracting them? Being able to learn about who they are and what matters to them and how they're living their life and what it is that matters to them. That's bigger than self. Mm -hmm. When you dig into that and what drives them, then you're able to speak to that 
And mm-hmm. so being able to create a business or a brand or an offering that is going to call people in because you have spoken to what they want to do and why they want to do it. That's mm-hmm. a very different place than come on, you know, the, 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 you know, zero to one fifty and these things that f- can feel very bro marketing or very mm-hmm. only money focused. Mm-hmm. And if you are focused on, something that isn't motivated by dollars, then you need to figure out what those motivators are. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is an imperfect ally? um, And how do we support people? And this is not a conversation, obviously, just about people who would be black, but it's like, there's tons of diversity in our world, whether it's um, uh, gender identity, gender preference, um, race, culture, religion, right? I mean, there's just a bazillion types of diversity. What does it look like to be an imperfect ally? Being an imperfect ally is seeing where you want to support someone that is different than you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, You want to bond with them. You want to listen to them. You want to be in conversation or relationship with them. And maybe you're not completely sure of how to have the conversations or you're not totally sure of um, how they want to be supported. And you can only figure those things out by asking questions. And at the, at the end of the day, it's you saying, I'm not totally sure how to do this. I don't really know the right way to begin this. And yet I'm going to do it anyway. And I might put my foot in my mouth. And I'm going to acknowledge, make amends, and keep moving. So it's knowing that you're not going to do it perfectly, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there is a, also a place of there is a place of imperfect allyship. I think in the very beginning, where you're just like, I really don't know, and you really are saying things that are like, Wait, Pete, what? Like asking, like let's talk about rap music. And the person's like, but I listen to classical, but okay. Um, You know, because it's based on assumption at that point. And so again, reconsider your normal. What, what do you think that people that fill in the blank, you know, are, are, are male, are non-binary, are female, uh, live here, are this race, are, are this ethnicity, live in this area, work this kinds of job. What do you think about them? And are you connecting with them by letting them create their own story or are you doing it by trying to connect with them based on what you think their story is? You have assumed what it is. And so part of it is about saying, you know, well, instead of, hey, let's listen, you know, but let's, let's talk about rap music, more like what type of music do you like, you know? Or, yeah, I heard this song. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Do you like that song at all? And honestly, if you ask open-ended questions that aren't steeped in you writing someone's story, they will typically begin to tell you what those things are. And you can begin to hear where, you know, maybe someone will tell you how, you know, they're new, you know, in the area. And finding a quality babysitter has made it very difficult for them to get back out to the networking events that really helps their business. Or, you know, they really, you know, like this type of food and they just can't find a place nearby, like asking questions that are open. And from a business point of view, you know, hey, I know you've been doing this, you know, this program for the past two weeks. It's still new, but are there any things that are coming up for you? You know, are there any other ways that you would want to be supported? You know, are there any kind of, um, 
you know, roadblocks that you've experienced before that maybe are coming up for you now, because so much of it is allowing people to feel comfortable enough to be honest and be open and to tell you what their story is. Because for a lot of people, it hasn't felt safe to be visible. Like it can be literally physically harmful to be visible. And so when you talk about business, you want to be able to allow people to feel comfortable enough to be visible with you to tell you about what their challenges are, Mm -hmm. what things are coming up against, where they're maybe struggling, or to give you feedback if possibly there's anything that you could do differently. Because again, we all have places to grow, Mm -hmm. but that only happens if you're willing to put yourself out there. And so in perfect allyship, really is an exercise in, you know, how are you going to put yourself out there and know that it likely isn't going to be perfect because you have no idea how someone else is going to perceive you in that moment. And being able to say, I apologize. I'm not going to say you have to tell me what I did wrong, but I'm willing to listen. And I can also do my own research on how to do better. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned earlier, a lot of businesses are putting out these DEI statements, um, especially bigger businesses. Um, and that is a shift from being more explicit. Um, well, mm-hmm. it's a shift from being more implicit. Let's just say, oh, no, no, we value these things to being more explicit and going Correct. public about those things. Um, and, you know, that may hurt their bottom line in some ways or may help their bottom line in some ways. You know what I mean? Right. It, it depends on the situation. Right. Um if I'm just starting out in business, is that something that you would suggest that I have as my own DEI statement? Or is that feel like I'm a solopreneur and that's awkward to just, you know, be explicit about this in that way? Or like, what are your thoughts on this? I think being explicit is always necessary because it's a lot harder to grow and then have to backtrack because these are parts mm-hmm. of your kind of core message almost your your foundation of a house, so to speak. And so if you are clear on these in the beginning, it's a lot simpler than to feel like, okay, now I have to go back and change everything, which for a lot of people, they're like, you know, I want to give that component and now I need to shift that. I need to change what my business or, um, I'm sorry, my values or my ethics or my uh, mission and vision look like because now I want to infuse these other things into it or I have to shift what my copy looks like. I have to change what my sales page looks like. I have to change what my payment plans look like. If you figure out what the values and the kind of DEI piece looks like in the beginning, you can decide how you begin to roll that out, how it infuses itself into the pieces that you're currently doing. But it makes it a lot simpler as you continue to go forward to filter it through that. So if you build a business now that is centered on you, um, using Shantae's example, because I'd actually just listened to her episode this morning and I was like, I need to go see these candles, which I did and they're beautiful. Um, What happens when you say, I am a minority owned business. And I want this to be someone that people are aware of so that if they choose to support us or not, they're clear on that. And so if that shows up in your copy, if that shows up on your webpage, then it's a, it's easier to have that already be there. And it doesn't feel like you hit a switch when something terrible happens, where a lot of people found that was the case after George Floyd was murdered. Mm -hmm. So if this is consistent, then it is simply a part of what you do. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're able to be clear on, again, making decisions of, you know, what you believe in, 
And that just shows up in everything else. So you don't have to immediately go in and just dump everything on the table, just from any business standpoint. I don't think it's ever good to like, just kind of verbal vomit. Like that's not helpful. It should be intentional, but there's something to be said about doing that from the word go so that you are attracting people that are aligned with what matters to you. And you're not now trying to feed out the ones that aren't a good fit because now they're like, oh, I didn't know that that mattered to you. And now I feel like I need to go. And then the people that are looking for you are like, where have you been? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Erica, talk to me about what you do and like how people can connect with you and, you know, learn from you and, and uh, engage with what you're up to. I know you have a pause. It's called pause on the play community. Correct. Is that what it is? Tell me pause what that is and where that name come from came from as well. So Pause on the Play is the name of the podcast that I have along with my co-host, India Jackson. And that was where that name initially started. Um, We actually had a family friend whose daughter, as we were recording these episodes and didn't know what to name them, she was kind of like, you're you're calling a pause on the play with what you said. We were like, oh, that's it. And so (laughs) the name was born and it's basically space to be able to have these open, honest dialogues about where you are, what matters to you, the changes that you want to actually see and how you can be a part of that change, like how you're leading the cause, so to speak. And so it um, it turned into a community earlier this year was when we launched it. And it's really a space for change makers, thought leaders, business owners, individuals, people that are basically like, I want something different. I don't want a business that's only based on revenue. I want it to be based on, again, something bigger than self. Mm -hmm. And I'm not totally sure how to do that. I want to feel more ethical in how I market my business and who I'm supporting, who I'm focusing on. And I want to be able to do this in community with other people that seek to do business in a more transparent and ethical way that is about supporting and creating equity and shifting the dynamics of what accessibility and inclusion actually looks like. Basically making diversity be something that is more of a consistent thing, not mm-hmm. just like, oh, we need to have that. It's mm-hmm. just what it is. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, again, they they feel like it's hard to do it by themselves. And so the community provides space for that. Um, and we actually took our community off of Facebook earlier this year because we didn't want to feel like we were getting sucked into the cat memes and all of the family stuff. And it also gave space to not have to worry about um, sometimes when we have conversations about things like, you know, race or gender and things like that, not having to kind of uh, be stuck with the algorithm mm-hmm. showing what it wanted to show. And so for us being able to have this closed container that is space, um, that is safe, so to speak, but it does challenge you to be brave. It really is important. And that is the space that a lot of my clients that have worked with me one-on-one through calls and Voxer and things like that, they'll go into the community afterwards because it allows them to keep the dialogue going and to know that they can keep the support going in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, pause on the play is a a podcast. So that helps for people that are like, I think I want to do it, but I'm a little nervous and I just want to make sure that I did this as a good fit. And so sure. it allows you to kind of see uh, whether or not the way that we do things feels like it would work for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's pause on the play.com slash community is where people can access that. Of course, we'll have that in the show notes as well as Erica Corday 
com. So all of those places there will be, you can swipe up on your phone now and click on those links and access that or over on our website. So Erica, one last question. If somebody's, you know, listening to this conversation and it just, you know, it feels a little uncomfortable, like, whoa, this is new for me. You know, I'm feeling a little like, like, you know, I don't want to have to apologize for being white or I don't want to have to apologize for being da, 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 and this feels uncomfortable. And you know what I mean? Like, how would you help them navigate those feelings of discomfort? First of all, the way that I do things is different than some other DEI um, consultants or educators because I don't believe that shaming someone because they're white or because of whatever privilege they hold, I don't believe that that's helpful. So I do things in a way that is shame and blame free because of the fact that um, I don't believe that the work that I do is actually propelled forward by negative reinforcement. Now, if there's something that we need to have a talk about, that's a little different, but to literally kind of tell people that you're terrible because of the body that you were born in, I don't believe in that. And so it is, it is something that if you are noticing that kind of visceral feeling, or you're noticing the constriction of like your shoulders go up, your body feels a little tight and you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. That's telling you that there's something to pay attention to. Your body is telling you that there's something here for you to acknowledge. And I do think that it's important to first have a certain piece of self-acknowledgement that this is something that you are ready to go into with someone else, that you want to have this conversation. Um, And when that time comes, to know that you don't have to do it alone and that just like pretty much everything else we do in life, it is not easy, but it is worthwhile. And it is a part of taking care of others and creating change in a way that you have decided that what I see and what I am experiencing, that I see other people experiencing that maybe isn't what I have to worry about. I want to be a part of changing this for the better. And it's possible. And it's not, again, it's not easy. It can sometimes be scary, but it's very beneficial. And it is, it is necessary, but it also has a reward on the inside that you just can't, it's just very hard to explain, but it is something that if you are willing to be uncomfortable, you'd be surprised what's on the other side. Awesome. Thank you so much for your uh, passion that you've communicated, but also your sensitivity and compassion um, to, you know, people at different places and stages in their own process. So I appreciate that, Erica, and, uh, encourage people to check out your podcast, pause on the play. And, uh, I love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're gonna grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 
401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. 